You are listening to the Tell All For All podcast. We are here to help you get the how-to on leveling up in life. Tune in weekly to hear from experts and industry leaders, along with your favorite host, author, and mindset coach, Karina Remy. It is the tell-all for all who want more in life. All right, guys, what is up? We got Sue on again. She's This is the third episode she's on. And as you know, if you've heard the other episodes, Sue is an aroma therapist practitioner. She's got a whole background on holistic healing. She's got background in herbs. She is a breast cancer survivor, currently in remission. Well, Sir, thriver. thriver, breast cancer <laughs> thriver. I love that. I love that. So welcome, Sue. Thanks for coming back. Thank you. Thank you. So we are here to discuss, I guess, your surgeries because you went through your whole journey. Um, you did chemo and then you switched it up. You're like, nope, that's it. I'm going to do my surgery. I had enough, enough. And so how did that look like for you? Because you had multiple. It wasn't had just, multiple. yeah, it wasn't just the one. I will tell you in my lifetime, so I'm 42, anything good or bad in my life always happened in three. So I was diagnosed with a stage three, grade three. I did three chemo sessions and then I had three surgeries. Oh, what? And if you think about it, it's three, 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 like three. It's divisible. Ma- yeah, major um, instances, I guess, like the diagnosis. Then it's the- divisible. So it's like three, six, nine, and then nine is divisible by three. Yeah, my gosh. Okay. So what? spiritually, it's the power of three. And then anyone, you can look it up. There's like a, a really strong significance with that. So what is it? Because I'm huge into numbers. So what is So basically, the- it's the power of three. So I've been in this, um, I think it's like, a, it's a gathering, truthful medicine, and we're just touching on the power of, of three. three. Yeah. It's like, it's like everything happens in threes. Yes. In yes. like an astro- astrology and all that stuff. It's, I don't know. It's, I, I honestly, I, I'm big in astrology, but by no means, like I'd have to like Google it right now. And tell you. <laughs> yeah, because I always see like numbers too, like always in threes, like one, 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 three, 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 and then like I'm like, all right, what does this mean? What is this angel number? It's like you know when you see eleven, eleven, make a wish. Yeah, yeah. So basically, my first surgery was June twenty fourth, which was a double bilateral mastectomy with lymph nodes and sentinel nodes dissection. And so double bilateral, let's break that down. Okay. What is a double bilateral surgery? Okay. So a double bilateral mastectomy is I was removing vasectomy, mastectomy, mastectomy. I was removing both my breasts. Okay. And I was removing lymph nodes and sentinel nodes from the armpit area to be tested. So why is, why isn't it just called a vasectomy? Why is it? No, no. Vasectomy. I know, it's okay, guys. It's going to be a pronunciation episode. This one thinks we're male and we no longer want to have children. No, so a mastectomy, that's what it's called. Mastectomy. And it's like a bilateral means we're removing both. Okay, bilateral means, okay, okay. Okay. So just And we're removing lymph nodes and sentinel nodes to test them because we want to see if there's cancer because I did have two lymph nodes in the right breast. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to know if the cancer had hit the lymph nodes. Yes, 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 yes. And that would be significant. Correct. And so the, I didn't know this, but the day before my surgery, so June 24th, I had an appointment and I remember them calling me, the girl from women's college. She's like, okay, well, 
you need to come in for your COVID test. I'm like, great, this is number three COVID now because I had to do a COVID test before my chemo. Oh, sorry, this is my second COVID. So I had to do a COVID test before my chemo session. And then I had to do a COVID test before my surgery. Oh, okay. So I was just like, okay, I knew that. And she's like, oh, and you've got to come in for... And I was like, what? Some dye. And I was just like, oh, okay. So it was the same guy that did my bone scan. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, if I hadn't been... If it's like if I didn't have enough needles injected in me, he injected in each breast, which was so painful... A radioactive dye to highlight my sentinels and my lymph nodes. Oh. I tell you, that guy brought me a tissue box. And you know, I don't know if it's pride. It's like, no, thank you. <laughs> and it's like when I first saw him, I had hair down to, you know. And then the second time I saw him was like I was in a scarf. And I'm like, oh, I know who you are, Robert. And he's just looking at me. And I was like, oh, I'm like, you did my bone scan. And he's like, okay. So he injected this dye and then I went into the scan so it was like, again, like a table rolling and it had like this x-ray thing. And he was basically making sure that the dye was going into my sentinel nodes. And I tell you, when that needle hit my breast, oh my God, it was just like, it kind of felt like when you do anesthesia and it's like that shock into you, it Oof. was awful. And then, and then I left, it was like about 20 minutes. And then I had surgery. I was the first surgery at Women's College Hospital. And my surgery was at 8 a.m. So you have to be there two hours before, but the hospital obviously only opens at, let's say, 6.30 a.m. So they're like, just be here at 7. So my sister dropped me off, and the surgery was three hours long. Wow. And I remember when he was marking me up, and he said, we're doing both. And I just looked at him, this guy serious? Yeah, both. <laughs> Imagine doing the surgery, still got one. You're like, no. I'd be pissed. Right? I'd be like, Open up the right or again, we're going back in. And then I went into a room, I changed, and I remember the nurse, she's like, I'm like, I need something for my head. And she's like, oh, okay. Like, I'm not walking around bald. You've got to be kidding me. Aww. So she got me the net, and then the other nurse triaged me. So she asked me various questions, blah, 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 blah. And then as I was, they're like, oh, she's like, you're next. I saw my plastic surgeon and her fellow. So her fellow is a resident that she's teaching, so he's under her. And I saw her and she's like, oh, okay. And then, guys, it was like an episode of Grey's Anatomy. They put me on a hospital bed. And then I lay down. I had my nurse. She had put the blood pressure um, band on me. And then, I don't know, my plastic surgeon started marking up my breasts. Um, so she had, so what I, I'll tell you in a second what they actually did. But then I had the anesthesia girl. She's like, hi. She introduced herself. And then I had two other dudes oh, by wow. my feet. And then I had another guy. And I just thought, oh, my God. And I'm lying down on my back. And because I was doing the double mastectomy with the sentinels remover, my IV was in the vein above your ankle. Now, I know one of my nurse girlfriends, she goes, that is so painful. Anything below the heart is extremely painful. Can I tell you that this SOB did not get my vein? Oh, my gosh. He was killing me, and I was in so much pain. And the anesthesia, she was holding my hand, and I had my other nurse holding my hand. And she's like, look at me. She's talking to me and telling me what she's going to do, and they're going to give me nerve blockers. And I'm like, this guy's not getting it. And she's giving him the eyes, like, what are you doing? So then he he can't get that vein. So oh now he moves God. to my right leg. 
And I'm just like, <laughs> oh my God. As if you're not going to be poked enough. <laughs> like, this is so painful. So then he gets my right vein and it's it's painful just the same. But he's like, I got it. And he's like, I'm going to give you good drugs. And I was just like, yeah, think. And then I remember this other guy. I don't even know what he was. I don't even know. I'm pretty sure the guy that was injecting me now that I know three surgeries, he was the anesthetic. Um, he basically is, I believe, a nurse. Or he could have been a res, and he basically starts, he administers the line for the anesthesiologist. And then I had like the head anesthesiologist, and she's like, no, I'm not going to be in with you, but he is, this other dude. And then I had this other guy, I don't know who he was. He's like, all hands on deck for you, Susie. And I was just like, I was just like, okay. And then they wheeled me into the surgery room, but I was, remember, he gave me good drugs because he almost nearly killed me already. (laughs) And I remember, so I went on the the bed, and then so from I think it's called a gurney. Yeah, they the like bed. yeah. So I went from that to the operating table, and it was just these like I'm looking up and I'm seeing these mass. It's like Grey's Anatomy, wow. and all these like massive. I'm telling you, I must have had a team of fifteen, like no joke. And I don't even see my plastic surgeon or my first surgeon yet. And then, right, because she just marked me up, he marked me up, so they're consulting, I guess, in another room. And then I have the anesthesia guy, really nice man. I don't even, he's another anesthesia guy. Wow. And he's talking to me, and he's, you know, preparing the medicines. And then it looked like a crucifix because they add these two pieces. It's like the operating table, I guess, if you're, like, bigger. Because I'm like, this is pretty narrow. And she's like, oh, there's pieces that we could attach to make it wider, longer. So then they attach these two pieces where my arms, I'm like, Jesus, literally. Oh, wow. Yep. So that's why they couldn't administer IV. So my arms are like this so that they could remove the central nodes. And then the anesthesia guy is talking to me. And and then they put the the um, the oxygen. And then I'm in La La Land. It was pretty quick. And then I woke up. And I remember when I spoke to my sister-in-law and I said, I thought like I was initially going to wake up and then like feel my chest and my breasts are gone. Yeah. But I didn't. I was just like, I guess she's like, you prepared yourself. And I was just like, I remember when I initially got diagnosed, I was like, they need to go. You, my body has rejected them. They've rejected me and they need to go. I was going to ask you, could you actually do that? Like, let's say UK, when you first got diagnosed, could you actually just be like, listen, I want them off. Yeah. And like say, I don't want chemo. I want them completely gone. Take them off. And they can't refuse you. Well, my neighbor had said, she's like, I'm really surprised that they removed the left one considering it was benign. Yeah. And I was just like, I remember my oncologist who, and I just don't want to say names because, you know, everyone has their experiences and all my doctors were great. Like I really don't have um, anything negative to say. But just as a privacy protection and so forth. So he was just like, oh, aesthetically, that makes sense. Where my first guy was just like, well, we don't have to. And I was just like, no, we do. So I just know with the stage three, grade three, surgery had to be done in 30 days. Yeah, 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 So yeah, 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 you don't have to do chemo, but you need surgery. So my surgery was that regardless one or two, the right breast had to go because there was too much action going on. Like I had two or six centimeters. I had four smaller super small masses plus two lymph nodes yeah 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 so it's like okay 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 and so they can't refuse you you they're gonna they're gonna have to do it or if you just have like a tumor it's called a lumpectomy 
and there's nothing else going on where they just go in and they just remove Move. the mask. Okay. And then obviously if I guess that's another conversation where if something else is they see it and then they have to, I guess you you give that consent before beforehand. So when I woke up and there was my nurse, she was so sweet. And um I was just like, "Oh my god. My chest it just it's like it felt like death." Oh. She's like, "Do you want more drugs?" And I was just like <laughs> No, I think I'm okay, but God, I was in so much pain. And then it was like a half an hour later. She's like, I'm going to go on break. And then my triage nurse was there. I'm like, I need drugs. She's like, okay, honey, it's coming. Oh, my God. Because she had taken off my line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just remember, like, the bed was up. And I just remember my chest felt dead. And it was all bandaged up, so I couldn't see anything. And I was just like, oh, my God. So my surgery was at 8 a.m. Like, we pretty much started promptly. So that's 9, 10, 11. And I remember waking up at, I think, like, maybe 12.45. And then I started messaging people. And one wow. of my girlfriends like, of course you're up. And you're my mom. Like, I'm good. I'm away. <laughs> She's like, of course you're yeah, up. Right? <laughs> I can't expect any less than that. And um, let me guess, you were out of the hospital that day. Of course I was. <laughs> you're like no within the next 20 minutes so basically (laughs) the booklet that they gave me about mastectomy was you spend four to five days in the hospital but women's college doesn't have overnight it doesn't have an emerge it's open from 6 30 yeah that's right that's right so if i had any complications then i would be transferred to mount sinai but he wanted me to go home where a friend of mine her girlfriend did it at Humber, funny enough. The first hospital yeah, yeah. my doctor wanted to send me. She spent like three days there. And I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's another story. So, yeah, I went home. I, I think I was released at 1.30. Oh, wow. Or, yeah, like 1.30, 1.45. So, basically, she gave me... Oh, yeah. So, she, she's like, okay, I'll, I'll, get you, I'll get you some meds. And I was like, okay. She gave me two Oxys. Nice. And two, and two Tylenol Extra Strength. Oh, okay. So then my nurse came back and I said, I need to go to the washroom. She's like, okay. She said, go slowly. And I'm like, why is she telling me to go slowly? Well, the motion, I guess with the, all the anesthetic drugs, I puked five times. Oh my God. Just liquid. And the, and I don't, I've never taken an oxy in my life. So it was too strong. For yeah. Me. I would have thought so. So yeah, she gave me like, she just kept on giving me that puke tray. I'm like, you have a bigger one. And then I went to the washer. She's like, do you need help? I'm like, absolutely not. Of course. I went in by myself. <laughs> and um, and then, yeah, she helped me get dressed. And then I remember my first surgeon, he came to see me. And I was like, why am I feeling so much pressure? And he's like, it's the expander. So what my surgery entailed was I had sentinel nodes and lymph nodes extracted from my armpits. I had anesthetic nerve blockers um, injected into my armpit area. And how long do those nerve blockers last? I think it's a couple of days so that you don't feel as much pain. Okay. I had my areola nipple removed, so I didn't have the nipple sparing, which is what they sew it back on. It was removed because my plastic surgeon said it was too much of a risk just in case there was cancer cells, which funny enough, pathology, when they sliced it all up, there was no cancer there. Oh my God, they sliced it up and... Oh yeah, hold on. (laughs) So so basically... (laughs) That's scary. My first surgeon goes in and he basically scrapes everything Everything. out of my breast. So basically I just have a shell and then the plastic surgeon's there as well. And she... um, And then that's when she places the expander implants, um, which is going to prepare me. And that's 
the process for breast reconstruction. They and they stitch me up, they bandage me up. I have two JP ports, which is like it's like a cow. And what it is is any fluid. Anyone who's had like a tummy tuck, you have JP drain. Oh, so it's yeah, any yeah. fluid that needs to be come out. And basically it's like I had to do a chart. And then oh, and then the next day, because I am not palliative and I can walk, I have to go to a nursing station. So they can take a look at the JP drains, make sure I don't oh, have an yeah, infection. Yeah. And I had to go like every three days. So it was like Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank goodness it was pretty close. But imagine the next day I could barely walk. I know. And they that's tell us terrible. we're going to a nursing home. So my sisters are tripping out. It's COVID, guys. Yeah. But it wasn't. It was a nursing station. Okay. So, so yeah. So I come home and that was a tough surgery. I had no use of my arms. And I saw I couldn't get up and out of bed. I couldn't like lift like you. I really needed a hospital bed. Um, so I had my sisters around the clock with me for the first week. Oh, wow. And then I sent them all away. I was like, yeah, I'm good. Obviously, I'm not. I couldn't even lift. Like I could lift nothing for the first six Yeah, weeks. you said you pulled your, your, your leg over here. Yeah, so what I would do was, <laughs> in order for me to get up, this is probably the first two, three weeks, I would, like, bend my leg, lift my right leg, grab, like, cradle my quad, and lift me up. Yeah, I knew. For at least two weeks. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So then... Two weeks after my surgery, I go see my plastic surgeon. She removes the dressings, and I look down at my left breast, and I'm like, there's this, this, like, the size of three quarters, this brown, and I don't know what it is, and she didn't tell me at the time, but she told me I needed to go back to, still go to the nursing station so they could change my dressings, and I'm like, is, I'm like, really? Can I do it myself? And she looked, she gave me this, like, nasty look, no. And I was just like, what is her problem? She's so cool. Well, I went back two weeks later and she's like, we need surgery. And I'm like, what? Oh my God. She, I had skin necrosis. So my skin had died on the left side. I had a little bit of necrosis on the right on the incision line. And because when they scrape it, they scrape it so close to the surface of the skin that there wasn't any like an a fatty no there like... wasn't so the cells that were left, there wasn't enough blood supply and they died. So, uh, okay, okay, okay. So now um, she put me on antibiotics again, and I didn't know if I can continue breast reconstruction. I didn't know how deep the necrosis oh. was. So basically I had living, like dead skin was on the left side, which is where your heart is. And she didn't know if once she removed the necrosis, if she would be able to close me up with the expander inside. Oh my God. So I basically told her, this was like a couple of days before my surgery, the Friday, let's say, and my surgery was the following Wednesday or the Monday actually. And I just said, if you can't, if we cannot continue with the expansion, which, you know, for the reconstruction, then you just go in and you remove the right one too. And we're done. And I'll just be wearing prosthetics for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And she's like, okay. So now I had my second surgery, another COVID test. And now it was at Toronto General because she works for UHN mm -hmm. and her office is at Toronto General. And she also works at Mount Sinai for the breast clinic. Yeah. I tell you, I used all those hospitals. So that surgery was 30 minutes, but she booked a block. So an hour. And that was at that time I was six weeks in. So I had pretty much recovered and I was recovering well. Wow. And I will tell you, the day before my mastectomy, I went for a jog. That's, yeah. <laughs> 
course you would. Yeah. I, I, I'm surprised you didn't even walk home after you did the surgery. <laughs> <laughs> And so that surgery, I didn't have the JP Driggs, which was, was really good. Um, I stayed with one of my sisters for a couple of days. And just the anesthetic, it's, it's like you feel really tired and it takes a toll on you, all these surgeries. Because essentially, like... Of course, your body hasn't even recovered, fully recovered from the first one. Now you're already having a second one. You're still trying to heal from the chemo, from mm-hmm. everything else that's been, you know taking taxing taxing on your body that it's like it's like one hit after another after another so then um so that i heal from that and then i was so then i was going to my plastic surgeon every two weeks so finally we're in october so august 12th is the second surgery so now we're october it's healed and then my incision opens up oh my gosh yeah it's like uh 0.5 centimeters (laughs) like we can't do the expansion i can't inject you with the saline because we're it's, it's gonna rip heal, yeah right? yeah yeah we're not gonna take so again on the so then i'm like okay so fine she's like she gave me these um uh steri they're like kind of like steri strips but they're iodine so i had to put that she's like you could do it yourself and i'm like i am not going back to that nursing station give it bring it on her physician assistant I'm like bring it on amanda she's like okay <laughs> she's like don't tell them i'm giving you this like this stuff is super expensive i'm just like don't worry stash get in my I'm, out. I'm like she already knows like i'm not going back there from like the first time i was like can i do it myself and my plastic surgeon's like thinking okay so then fine i start and i remember after the necrosis and i healed and i was like oh can i start working out and she's just like, can I start jogging now? It's been like eight weeks. She's just giving this look like, okay, sure, you can start jogging. I was like, she thinks I'm crazy. And even Kevin, the res is like, yeah, this is like, once he asked me, why did you stop chemo? Because I did, Kevin. And he's like, oh, okay. Like, stupid question. Um, so they knew not to I know, like, well, How would you answer that? Because like, I did. I was so mad because they were all like, why aren't you doing chemo? Why aren't you doing chemo? None of your goddamn business. Why don't you do it? Take it. <laughs> Why you do chemo? Yeah. Would you give it to your mother? <laughs> so oh, then I man. started the expansion process in October. So basically, I had essentially an expander implant with a steel plate, which has wow. A- yes. Oh my goodness. And what they would do is they take a magnet, and that would. That's why there's a steel plate and there was a port in there where they would inject saline. I was going to ask, why do they have the magnet? Yes, you have yeah. the magnet because that's where they know surface where the port is. And then they would inject saline oh. into it and to, pu- to basically expand, Your stretch chest, yeah. my chest. So, I'm, so I did that up until the week before Christmas and then I was done. And then I had to wait an additional three months. Yeah. It's pretty painful. Uh, I feel like, like, you feel like there's, like you're having an anxiety attack or a panic attack because it's like, there's so much pressure in your chest. Like, like I remember one night I woke up in the middle of the night and opened up my window because I felt like I couldn't breathe and I just needed air. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I would think so too. Cause especially if they're, if they're, um, inflating them, right. If they're stretching them out, that would obviously like cut take wind on like your actual like lungs the expander implant is underneath your pectoral muscle and it's sutured in okay oh and then of course i had a problem so the left the right implant moved 
So oh. instead of going east-west, it went north-south because apparently the expander implants she was using before got recalled and now these ones... Oh my god! Yeah, so there's always hiccups along the way. So by far, not a smooth journey. And then I had my third surgery, which was booked March 8th, which is a couple yeah. weeks ago. And that's where we removed the expander implants, put the permanent silicone. So you only use strictly silicone in breast reconstruction because the saline is too heavy and it would have too many, uh, you would have essentially a wave because it's not a, like, like what I said in a previous session, breast reconstruction is by far not a breast augmentation, AKA a boob drop because you have no tissue. Everything is straight out of gone. you. That's right. That would make sense. Yeah. So you would yeah, see yeah, yeah. basically too much of an implant. And that's why it's placed. And so is regular breast augmentations normally, like 99% are placed under the pectoral muscle. Yeah. So I had that surgery. That was a two hour long surgery. That was at Mount Sinai because she works at a Mount Sinai. Oh, wow. So it's like all three hospitals. Um, that was two hours. And when I left that surgery, she gave me a fentanyl. Oh. So I was high. And then I was... With boobies. Yeah. <laughs> so I was all bandaged up, no JP drains. I basically wouldn't have known until I woke up if I needed required JP drains. So basically there, was, there wasn't any excess fluid where sh- that I needed to drain out, which was so good. That's I, so good. That's I, like one at last thing to deal with. So for that, I had my sisters with me around the clock for the first couple of days. But after three days, I was good. Nice. Like I just... It was quite painful for the first three days, but then I was just like moving around and my sisters were like, holy man, you're okay. But then guys, you got to understand like on another segment, I've been on like since I stopped chemo, like me and my naturopath, we like went heavy into trying to, because I was so depleted to try to like pump me up and so that I could handle all these surgeries. Yeah, because that's very taxing in the span of one year doing chemo three surgeries back and forth not having any support taking yourself there like i had support but i would say 95 percent i didn't yeah and it's not to say that you didn't have support in the sense that like no one wanted to be there for you you didn't have support because covid is essentially what it is so it's like everything is just such it was just such a battle all in itself. Like it's a battle on its own already, but now encompassing COVID and, and all the hurdles that that brought and everything else is just like, it's overwhelming. It's very overwhelming. And it's, it's like, I managed to do it yeah. within like, like I tell you a year. And then, so now she saved, which is kind of gross, but she saved tissue from my surgery to make me a nipple. Oh, wow, 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 wow. So in, I see her in, Six weeks. But this is your. This pl- is my tissue. Your tissue from but, my last surgery. But this is from this is your um, plastic, plastic surgeon. surgeon that did yes. this. Okay. So she'll make me a nipple, and then she will ink it. And I was just like, well, no, because I have a tattoo artist that is going to make tattoo the areola. So what we decided was. She's going to make me the nipple. She's not going to use her dye because I want him to just have everything the same dye. color. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, basically, yeah. I'm not too sure when. I don't know if it's going to happen in six weeks. I don't even know. If she, I don't know what that entails. Like everyone's like, but you know, you must. I'm like, I don't know. That's so, I'm so interested. I'm wondering like, how do they make the nipple? Yeah, I don't know. And my, my sister's like, what do you mean? They have in <laughs> She's like, yeah. She's like, they better not give you someone else's t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, 
imagine. I'm oh like, no God. filter in this family. I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure I'm hopeful it's my my tissue. <laughs> yeah. It'll be my nipple. I hope it's not a clerical error. Um, and then when I'm fully healed, um, and then I would think the tattoo artist, which I have one, it's not every tattoo artist that does this. It, it's a specialty. Um, if anyone watched Botched in a couple of episodes, you see it. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy if you Google. Like some of them, some surgeons, they don't make you the nipple. So they basically, a tattoo artist does everything. So they do like a 3D. And oh, honest to God, wow. if you Google it, like 3D uh, areola and nipple tattoos, it's, it's like, it's such an art. So you wow. really, and it's cost. It's about five hundred dollars. Yeah, for both, or two fifty to three hundred for one, depending on your artist. And you really need to do your research, uh, ladies. But yeah, so I did find one, and uh, I have been in contact with him. He's super sweet. And then yeah, when I'm ready and I'm fully healed, um, and also I have no feeling because I, they scraped everything. Yeah. I have no feeling on my breasts. Oh my gosh, that's gonna be such a flyby. I don't know because apparently it's very painful on the incision line. Oh, so I, I don't yes, know. yes, yes, because it's scar tissue. Yes. Yes, because they always say when you do a second tattoo, when you go over it a second time, third time, whenever you do the touch-ups, it always hurts more because it's te- it's scar tissue. So we'll see. So basically, I have still two more Two more procedures. Yeah. yeah. But that's so exciting. I actually, like when you first told me about the nipple, um, just the reconstruction and even just like the tattoo itself, I, I did not know about that. So that was cool. Yeah. That's like interesting information because I wouldn't have known. I would have thought they would do like artificial or yeah. something like that. As soon as you get the breast augmentation, they just like kind of essentially slap breast it on. Yeah. 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 It's there like, we go. Breast reconstruction. Yeah. It's like so. Yeah. There's so many. Um, it's like I've I've read articles, you know, women that tell their stories. There's so many um, platforms and it's like one girl had 14 surgeries oh my gosh that's how many complicate like 14 surgeries for her reconstruction total wow and i'm like i had three and i thought that was bad yeah and that's why like i mean like some women they have the lump they just have a lung ep- lump ep- lumpectomy and they keep their breasts intact but you're hearing more and more um that it's like yeah they remove both breasts yeah yeah. Well, that's exciting. The fact that you're here where you are now after everything else. Yeah. So it's only up from here. Exciting yeah, for sure. Things. And then for my personal um, checkups, I do blood work every three months. Yes. And then obviously if I'm feeling a specific pain, then my first surgeon, I'll be like, my ribs hurt. And then he'll order me a scan. And then you go from Which there. Which my naturopath is great because studies and even modern medicine will tell you like radiation it like it's like a boost cancer cells yeah so like now moving forward what are you doing as preventative or in just healing and moving forward what are you a particular diet and Mm -hmm. then i've done various protocols since i stopped the chemo because microscopically like even if i did a scan they can't tell me if there's any cells because they're probably too small Small and i also remember they removed 10 sentinel lymph nodes and two did t- test positive and they did want recommend radiation which was they would radiate my chest wall and my armpit which i don't even think i would have been able a candidate after that for yeah. reconstruction so i would have been fully extended <coughs> and i would have started radiation in january and i would have done three weeks five to ten minutes uh. like monday to friday and then yeah and you could yeah there, i was just like no thank you two out of eight 
usually when it's like four out of 10 that they we say it's your there's more, probably this hit more lymph nodes and i was just like i'm not willing to risk losing my right hand or the sh- my shoulder or movement. anything yeah and yeah, i was just yeah. like no thanks like i stopped chemo I, I honest to god like i i had already said from the get-go i'm not doing radiation i'm not it's basically essentially you're sticking yourself in a microwave yeah yeah and that's you're bound to do some sort of harm at that point yeah it's just like there's i guess they think they're just keeping you alive, but they forget that you need, I'm 41, well now I'm 42, I need to work, I need to provide for myself, so where's the quality of life? Life, yeah, yeah. So, and then predominantly my type of breast cancer, if I do have a recurrence, which for any cancer they say is quite high within the first five years, and that's as you know a practitioner, it's because you're so depleted, you can't be eating Big Macs. Yeah. Like, I can't go and have a Big Mac combo and think life, oh, you know, back to your bad habits or whatever it is that doesn't work like that that's where the healing starts yeah because you need to recover and it could take two to three years for me to fully recover from my one year which essentially like it i found it in february so it's like 14 months but technically where the ball started rolling was april 2nd yeah so it's just so much work and then it's just like putting your life back together because my life has changed what my naturopath had said it's like there's only two outcomes when someone goes through like a sickness and or a disease like cancer it's you become a victim or you become a better version of yourself from those experiences it's like my sister in law said she's like when she called me after i got diagnosed that night and she's like you know you're gonna be okay you're strong but you're gonna suffer and yeah you suffer yeah absolutely you there's just yeah well there's there's no way to say that you couldn't that you don't suffer like it doesn't matter if it's a lumpectomy emotionally you're suffering physically you're suffering the treatments the surgeries just everything it's just it's just an ugly 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 like i can't that's like yeah and then you have to put yourself back and that's why i say like i'm not a breast cancer survivor i didn't survive breast cancer i went through it like yeah. you don't survive it what would because you're alive you survive it like i think that's the that's like a really good way to look at it because yeah, like technically survive. you didn't you're surviving because you're surviving but who's to say that it can't come back you know yeah. what i mean it's like so, i'm not cancer free yeah no one yeah. can tell me i'm cancer free i'm in a remission um and it you know thankfully knock on wood i hope you know i live another 20 30 years but you have to put in perspective and remove the fear so it's like every three months it's like i'm going to be doing blood work let's say next week and it's like i have to just put it in my head that this is life now yeah this i don't is even what know it is. this is what it is and then oh and then because i had breast cancer now i have to do a ovarian cancer screening so on monday i'm going to see my gynecologist and i have to do a transvaginal ultrasound which is an internal with the probe and a special blood test because breast cancer and ovarian Bones, cancer is yeah, linked yeah. from genetics my great my grandmother died of ovarian cancer so i could very well you know get ovarian cancer yeah so it's a huge life change but you know it's i guess it's, it's you've definitely got a handle on it and yeah, you like, just, like I said, you, you either become a victim, poor me, why did this happen to me? Or you become a better version yeah. of yourself and you gain perspective and you honestly value time like nothing. Oh, for sure. Hands you know what down. I mean? There's no like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. It's you value time. You value, there's no nonsense in my life. There's no drama. There's no toxic people. 
like what did I tell my girlfriend the other day? Regardless if you're a family or a friend, if you're not respecting me, respecting my boundaries, or have respect for me as a person, then there's no place for you at my table. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I can't have that in it's, my life. Yeah, it's so... I can't handle it. I'm I'm still emotionally dealing with it, and I just can't handle Like, you're not going to call me with your garbage. No, that like, would be like... <laughs> that would be the worst. <laughs> I could just imagine you're like, what? Dude, and it'd be like, click. And it'd like, it's like, dead. <laughs> Girlfriends are like one of them was doing a colonoscopy. Her husband's like, "Are you serious? You're gonna call her and complain about the liquid that you have to drink for your colonoscopy after what she's been through?" She's like, "I know, but she's the one I call." And I was laughing. I was like, "Oh, bless his heart." But it's true. It's like, and it's so important because it's like, as much as you can look, and we can be like careful as like what we feed ourselves, what we put into our body, what we allow in our environment will affect us. And being that, like you said, like this is an, this is something that's extremely emotional. It's, it's, it's a mental game that you're playing with yourself because, you know, at moments that you want to just break down and cry, you're like, no, no, I got this. And you're like tricking your brain essentially. So it's like to be in that and to have people around you that are promoting some sort of negative energy it's not going to help you heal my natural and one of my girlfriends her mom had passed away um to ovarian cancer and she said Susie, remove and he had said anyone that's toxic and i did i got rid of like a friendship a long friendship the day before i was just like you're you're out and i blocked and removed and it was just like i was just like yeah i could i I couldn't handle it yeah and a huge weight lives off your shoulders when it's like that it's just like Regardless, like, I think I'm, I remember one of my girlfriends that came to see me and I've known her since grade nine and she was like, I didn't know what to expect. And yeah. she's like, yeah, you're more calmer. I was like, yeah, I'm more at peace. Like, I don't, he's like, I remember when I, my naturopath just like, just, you have to be present, Susie, just be present. And at the time I didn't understand. And yeah. it's like, just think about today. Don't think about tomorrow because you are going to make yourself crazy and sick. Like in my head, I was planning my funeral guys. Oh my god. I told my sister in law because she's my executor. And I was just like, you know what to do. You have the papers. Show me to fuck off. <laughs> You're like, this is a serious conversation. I'm like, Don't hang up the phone on me. Fuck <laughs> off. It was like, you know what to do. You have the papers. Like, and funny enough, like oh I have gosh. a will because, you know, back in 2016 when I had all the uterus problems and I got tested for ovarian and, and cervical cancer, it was like I got a will done because I was so scared. I'm a single woman. You know what I mean? I was like I don't want anyone oh, wow. to worry about that. Like, I don't want my sisters to have to do this. We already lost half of us. I was just like, no. Like, I want everything planned. I just want them to be able to show up. So that's why she's like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, I started laughing because oh, anyone gosh. that knows her. Um, I was just like, God help us. And then she was like, don't wear perfume. And she's like, put on makeup because you're already going to feel like shit. You don't need to look like shit. <laughs> yes, go sis. <laughs> It's just like, yeah. But I mean, anyone that knows me, I, you know, through all the BS in my life and um, I always found humor and that's important. I think that, yeah. I think that's what gets you through it. Yeah. That's what gets you through it. Yep. Well, thank you for coming and sharing. You're very welcome. And we'll bring her back to tell us all about herbs, vitamins, supplements, um, natural healing, holistic healing. All and the protocols that I did when yeah. I decided to stop. Stay tuned. Bye, guys. Thank you for tuning in. You 
can follow us on Instagram at the Tell All For All podcast. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Until next time.